Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. It's Bud Pod 137, 137. One, three, seven. Humvee um, Heaven. Humvee, Humvee heaven, heaven is the name of my new car shop. <laughs> and we only sell enormous Humvees. I tell you what, COP26 has been terrible for us. <laughs> Come on down to Humvee, se- Humvee Heaven. <laughs> do you think um, that people who, have, who sell Humvees should do like what... what um, what uh, firearms sellers do in America every time there's a huge outrage and they just quickly go, quick, quick, they're going to take them. They're definitely going to take them now. And then the sales go through the roof. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Probably. Panic buy a Humvee. That's, that's our <laughs> business model at Humvee Heaven. There's nothing I can think of that is more American than panic buying a Humvee. <laughs> Apparently it's all Schwarzenegger's <laughs> fault, the Humvee. Oh really? What? Because what it's like a a Humvee is like a U.S. military vehicle, and he got like yeah. a modified one. He was driving around because he was just all massive and an action hero, and I think he popularized it. I don't think it was really a thing. I think, it, in large part, it's Schwarzenegger's fault, and I think he's sort of said, you know, I regret it or whatever. <laughs> is there something? I regret it. Is there something much funnier in a low-effort Schwarzenegger impression, given how many people do a high-effort one? Oh, yeah. De- depressed Schwarzenegger is a hilarious character. <laughs> I regret it. I regret what it. Have I what have I done? What have I done? <laughs> um, also, apologies, listeners. There is someone... There's, there's a man a-mowing outside my flat... Well, it's 12 days of Christmas, Pierre. It went, this is, and this is the first day. One man a mowing. One man a mowing. I don't think mowing the lawn, mowing a big patch of grass is very autumnal, is it? Well, no, apparently it doesn't grow very... Uh, according to um, uh, a man who, who mowed my garden, which is not a euphemism, or maybe it is, he said, um, yeah, because it's winter now, it's getting cold, grass is not, you know, going to slow down on the old growth there so it's more of a summer activity i would say mowing yeah the sound of people mowing the lawn is a classic summer sound mm-hmm. and this mm-hmm. guy i just had a look he's mowing the lawn but like the lawn it's like a patch of grass big grass like square thing and he's mowing yeah. it but it's like he's mowing it through the leaves like he doesn't give a fuck he's just like mowing over the leaves yeah like he's had a breakdown yeah he- yeah, he he's not in it for the love of it. That man doesn't love he's to mow. He's not in it for the mowing. He's not in it for the mowing. Did you know the the sound of of uh, of lawn mowing for me is also the sound of uh, an FBI informant living under protection with a new identity. <laughs> he he's mowing his lawn. 
<laughs> Whenever I see a man mowing his arms, like I'm always like, he he's under protection. He's he's informed on the mob. <laughs> a guy mowing his lawn in dark sunglasses and a low baseball cap. <laughs> Have you seen that enormous uh, mafia trial that's going on in in Italy right now? I I see, I think I saw when they all got arrested a few weeks ago. Yeah, well, seventy were sentenced or something. Like seventy individual mafia members were sentenced. Whoa. It's, like, it's the biggest trial for decades. And That's a whole family. Yeah, well, well. So the Italian mafia is not really like single. Uh, it's not really run by single families anymore. They're like huge co-ops essentially. Of this one has like one hundred and fifty, like fifty families. I mean, like lots and lots of different mafia right. families, but all under single umbrella mafia corporation. And and it's it, a lot of the work's been done by this one chief investigator who's been living in police protection for 20 years. Bloody hell. Ima- imagine having the balls of that guy. That guy doesn't give a fuck. Like, you, know, you know what's 20 amazing? 20 years I live, I live I'm in fear because I just need to, I need to take out the Italian, the entire Italian mafia. <laughs> the original fuck. mafia. The actual mafia. Yeah, not, not, some, not something that we call the mafia. I'm in Italy and it's, th- it's them. It's not. It's not a Twitter mob. It's the mob. <laughs> when they do the a pylon, mob. they do it with bullets. <laughs> uh, uh, I just think, like, fucking hell, the balls on this guy. Like, do- I, I think from time to time, I think, I, 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 I make the world a better place. I give, I do my bit for society. I make people smile. But I would never. I wouldn't give up twenty years of freedom to take down. A group of people famous for torture and murder. <laughs> do you think, though, that like if you're under police protection, they have to do your shopping for you and stuff? Because I might do it for that. Ah, yeah, that's true, actually. Yeah. That could be all, all the right. donuts you want. Mm. All the donuts you can eat. It's, um, do you, I always read, when you read about like um, these mafia guys who often have been on the run since like the early 90s or the 80s sometimes. Um, cartel guys have it as well and they just like move from safe house to safe house and they always say like oh yeah he spent 15 years being brought you know pasta or whatever in this fucking safe house with like no windows and like a tiny courtyard that's so it has to be a courtyard of a building that where the walls of the courtyard and the building are so high that you can only see in from like directly above it and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. often there's not even that courtyard and there's just like yeah he spent 15 years like that no windows never left and you just think is it worth? Is it worth all the hundreds of millions? Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's like you've made you've made fifty million dollars from cocaine. Yeah. And you you can't. You have to live it in a hole. It's like, you, is it worth it? Yeah. Was it? Is it still balanced out right? Yeah. You you're yeah you're you're one of the, you're te- technically secretly one of the richest men in the world, but you live like a, a hikomori in Japan who lives with his mum. <laughs> Or like just a lonely guy who's like forty and just plays anime dating games all day. Like that's essentially you, but it, you're more horrible than him. That's the only thing you have over him. <laughs> you're more horrible than him. Yeah, you're you're you have a net negative influence on the whole world because you still you still have people fucking murdered from your hidey hole. Hidey, hidey, hidey hole. Hey Pierre, you know how I've inj- I injured my arm, right? Yes, yes. I've been given, as part of my physiotherapy, I've been given this device Ooh. called a Compex, and it, it 
It gives me small electrocutions in my muscles to get to stimulate them. Oh yeah. And I've I've just hooked myself up. I've hooked my arm up right now, side of this table. I've got like these pads. It's basically like I feel like Frankenstein's monster. Basically, I've got these pads, two across my bicep and two across my tricep, and they send little electric pulses through your muscles, and it bypasses your brain's electric um, signals, and it just gets your muscles to like that move, like a frog's leg Ugh. in a kid science class, and it's supposed to be good for your arm because it gets the blood flowing and stuff. Yeah, because um, I'm using my right arm less, so I'm get, I'm using science to keep my right arm active. Yeah, with science. So I'm just gonna. So if you if you hear a little dup, 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 dup. if if it's if it's noisy, I'll I'll, I'll I won't I'll stop it. You've become but... mechatine. Mechatine, the power of a thousand wanks. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, here we go. Oh, ah, ah. yeah, it's quite weird when the, when you start the electric pulses at first. It feels very unnatural. Ooh. I remember. Okay. Like you can buy those, right? But you put the electrodes on your stomach, and just all day it's sent, it's doing that to your abs, and it's supposed to give you That's abs. It. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Do you think that? I mean, the the reason that people have abs is because like they have to be visible, right? It's low body fat that gives you abs. Low body fat, but also like those individual muscles have been targeted so intensely that they start to push out. Yes. Between yeah, well, the sinews, so they get the shape, right? Yeah, but then you get like, did you ever have those guys in your year at school who were like, when you were like 14, and they they were just built like fucking scarecrows, but they had six packs? Yeah, I always hated those guys. It's like, you haven't done anything, you just... But that's what I mean, is that like, the the real thing should be like, okay, yeah, put this electric robot on your stomach, but also you need 3% body fat. Mm-hmm. Or whatever it is, yeah. some tiny percent. Um. Yeah, I'd love to pop these on my abs and just get like, <laughs> just get like this this ripped six pack, but that is sort of distended over a round belly. That'd be horrible. <laughs> like you've painted it on. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be gross? Uh, it would be really funny if you went in and they were like, oh, "Your arm doesn't seem to have healed at all," and you're there with like a like a glistening six pack, and you're like, "Hmm." And a ripped penis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A penis that looks like how your arm should look. <laughs> and you're just like, that's strange. You're using, you're using your new arm penis to hold your chin. That's strange. <laughs> hmm. Uh, well, I've been putting it on my arm. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what to tell you. Um, how long do you have to... 23 minutes, roughly. 24 minutes. How many weeks um, of this bionic 23 minutes? Bionic Wang? Well, I guess until I get better. Until I'm able... Until I have the power of a thousand wanks! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's really weird because it's like your body not being able... It's like your body can't control itself. But you, you, um, if you pump... And it's up to you to pump up the, the current. Um, which is quite terrifying. So you could make it go all the way up like... Blah, blah, blah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! You can, it goes like I'm on like two and stuff now, and it feels a bit weird. And you can go up to nine hundred ninety nine. Oh, ah, oh, these would be so good on like a. <laughs> these would be so good on like a stag do, where you have to try and down drink a, your drink while this thing is going blah blah on your arm. <laughs> that would be great, man. <laughs> oh god, it, it feels unnatural and weird. 
How long before you do just just pop it on pop it on your knob? I I guess your I knob's think, your, your knob's not a muscle. I, get, I don't think I'll ever get bored enough. That I'm going to electrocute my dick. To be honest. Well, your dick's not a muscle, so you'd have to put the electrodes around, like maybe the base or something. Well, you have to put it sort of at the beginning and sort of t- further down the muscle, so the, the electric pulse current goes through the muscle and stimulates it. You see? Yeah. So you have to f- you have to find the spots. If it, by the way, if you hear booping and beeping, that's me turning the power up on my own electrocution. <laughs> like like I've been sentenced to death in Texas, but. Uh, but they don't have the budget for an execution there, and I've got to do it myself. Or just like Texas has become Texas has become so libertarian that people have to execute themselves. <laughs> if you want to electrocute yourself, you can do it. I don't want no government coming and telling me how many amps of electricity <laughs> I can pass through my body. Okay, <laughs> that's that's between me and God. I don't want no federale coming down here from Washington <laughs> telling me how many kilojoules I can reroute through my dick. <laughs> it's between a man and his wife. <laughs> I like the idea of a really, uh, really like uh, outspoken libertarian fetishist. That's a really good character. <laughs> that is good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sex positivity is a human right. I don't know what he said. Like, ain't We're... nothing wrong with furries, <laughs> buddy. As long as they got a gun, buddy. Buddy, you think you're a wolf? That's fine by me. <laughs> as long as you leave me to my gimp box. Jimmo, there's a period, was it you and me who was getting a lot of tweets from, like, these dog fetishists. They wear these sort of pl- these sort of plastic dog outfits with leashes and stuff. Oh, the pup, pup play. The pup play pup people. Pup play, that's it. It wasn't me. Was yeah. it you? Or was it uh, someone else we know? it was me. Know? It was you. No, I think it was me, maybe. Yeah, I got some, like, fan tweets from... Just, just a tweet from time to time. I get them. They say... Real funny on Live with Apollo or whatever. And I looked at it and I looked at the... I was like, something weird about this. Look at the profile picture and there's a guy in a dog gimp suit. Yeah. I remember this now. glad they like... I guess that, you know... But they players need comedy... Need a laugh as well. But it was funny that they were using... It was using their like fetish account just to be like... uh, Great set the other night. Anyway, cheers. Just nothing to do with the (laughs) fetish. It's like... um, yeah, I remember that because I remember like the the profile picture from a distance when it's still like the little profile icon. You think, what is that, Anubis? Yeah. Is that the dog-headed <laughs> god Anubis? <laughs> yeah, it looks a lot like he looked a lot like Anubis. A a a a noob, a nude. Hmm, is there a porny name with that you can work with Anubis? A, a nude bish. What's a bish? A bish like is a bitch. A, yeah, yeah, like a yeah. That works in a dog context. A nude bitch, nice. Yeah, there we go. Okay, there we go. A nude bitch. I think a nude bitch is fine. A nude. Bitch. A nude bitch. Yeah. Okay, we're we're up to ten on the bicep. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is like bud pods become like Howard Stern. 
We got we got Phil Wang electrocuting himself over here. How's it going, Phil? Like the, the funny like little pranks they do on each other, American radio shows. I'm gonna move the pads on on the bicep because it doesn't seem to, it doesn't seem to be that intense. Maybe I'll move it down further. Yeah. Could you um could you do an experiment and maybe electrocute yourself in such a way that you get one like incredibly firm and strong buttock? <laughs> I mean, I mean, theoretically, I suppose I could. Yeah. Well, what do you put them on your put them on your tits? Get big square tits. <laughs> Phil was so obsessed with what electrocuting himself. What <laughs> Phil got so obsessed with what he could electrocute, he didn't stop to think about what he should electrocute. <laughs> oh god, that's weird. That's weird. Oh god, I'm on a weird spot. Oh god, that was weird. I had a weird tingle go through my arm there. Okay, I'm moving it back. Ooh. I think that. I'm not sure if this is nonsense, you know. I don't know if you have the anatomical knowledge required to correctly target the muscle groups, do you? You need to get a diagram this, or something. This is it. I was just told to target the fleshy bits. And what about your arm? Etc. Oh, 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 oh. Okay, that's it. Just a little we bit. were all told to target the fleshy bits, Phil, when we were at school in sex health class. <laughs> Well, while I'm, while I'm getting electrocuted, shall we do a correspondence special, Pierre? We should, and we must, and we will. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ring, ring. Letters. Keep your coolest emails. Phone Correspondence. As okay. I electrocute myself, give me my. As I electrocute myself, Pierre, give me my last meal of correspondence. <laughs> yes, of course. Yes, of course. Uh, we've got a little message from Pete. Pete, how sweet the feet of Pete. Pete. How sweet. Um, so Pete, Pete has done something quite strange, I think, which is to send us an email, but the story is like a different email that he's attached with a PDF. Okay, so he's written like like a public apology on Twitter. He's written it on on a different format. Yeah, it's like Inception. Okay. He's, he sent us some Inception correspondence. Okay. 
So the first layer of the of the email says, "Dearest buds, Has I hope sent both- it on a, on a Pete DF. Ooh, a Pete DF, a Pete DF. Uh, Dearest buds, I hope you're both surviving the mundane realities uh, uh, of lockdown slash pandemic. Who knew global crisis could be so dull? I've been a huge fan of the show. Praise redacted. It occurred to me I have my own rancid story to share. I hope you enjoy. Um, all the best, Koji Pete. So here we go. The the it's it's budpodstory.pdf, which is good. <laughs> and what organized guy, Peters. It's entitled The Last Post. <laughs> oh, I didn't like the last post. Uh, yes. Oh, yes. Which can be played on trumpet without using any of the valves. Oh. The whole point is it's all overtones. I think it was for... Yeah, so it used to be played with a bugle, which doesn't have... Is it? No, bugle? Or yeah, horn? bugle, I don't know, yeah. It doesn't have valves. So it's just overtones on the uh-huh. one on the one setting. And so it's and C, G, C, G, C, D, D, G... I can't remember now. <laughs> I'd never heard. I've never heard the word overtones used in a musical sense. So you're already beyond me. Oh right, okay. <laughs> um, he says, "Dear Philaria and Puer." Puer, Philaria is that like diarrhea? I guess. I guess it has to be. Okay. Yeah. Um. Some years ago, within the walls of a boarding house in an undisclosed English public school within a quaint village setting. Okay. Nice. I awoke after a night of misguided underage drinking. Yeah. I always went on guided nights of underage drinking. Yeah. With a a Sherpa, a Nepalese guy, would walk us through the town. Yeah, yeah. He's sort of pointing to pubs, and he would say, and, and he would say, in there is booze and food. And we'd go, wow, so wise. He can just tell. We don't have those eyes, you know? We can't see. <laughs> um, he knows this weather spoon like his back, the back of his hand. His people have drunk <laughs> from this weather spoons for generations. They know it like no one else. There is research that his lungs have adjusted to the air in Weatherspoons. <laughs> he actually can't smell any of the piss anymore. <laughs> if he doesn't drink two and a half percent real ale before it goes off, just before it goes off, he actually gets very sick. <laughs> he needs it. A Weatherspoon Sherpa. Yeah, so... Uh, he says, I could just about through my agony make out the sound of my housemaster chuckling amusedly to himself as he closed the door to the dorm, leaving me to stew in the secondhand stench of Glenn's vodka, kebabs, cigarettes, and sorrow. Oof, boy, 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 boy. His wrath would come later. His wrath? His wrath. Housemaster? Yeah. Okay. That's a pretty cool housemaster, isn't it? To be like, ooh, someone had a big night. Oh no! But he's going to come back and dis- and 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 disperse wrath. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Okay. Um, after a few drawn-out moments and self-pitying moans, it dawned on me that today was Remembrance Sunday. Ah. This meant by virtue ah. of yes. Uh, this meant by virtue of my membership in this institutionalized hive of middle classery, obligatory attendance to a large remembrance service, uh, which would culminate in a <laughs> jolly parade down the road. Uh, into our local Union Jack-laden market town. What could possibly go wrong? Um, 
After a further spell of wallowing in self-pity, I decided there was no way in fuck I was dragging my sorry state down to the school chapel. Skipping the service alone seemed disrespectful enough to the memories of the war dead. Running the risk of spontaneously exploding out of both ends like a rancid firecracker as the last post rang out would take things to an entirely new level of shame. I think that's fair enough. Yeah. Um, yeah, although maybe fitting for a sort of scatological reenactment of the conditions at the Somme, for a man <laughs> to explode in mud would be very appropriate, actually. <laughs> As I lay staring at the spinning ceiling, I was in no doubt that the risk of this happening was strikingly real, and then came the fateful decision. I quickly began to crave sustenance. Images of various savoury, hangover-vanquishing snacks and thirst-quenching beverages consumed me. Thus, I resolved to haul myself down to the local co-op and begin the long road to salvation. Co-op? Mafia run, perhaps? So he's going to cook it himself? He didn't say that. Okay. He said he just wants snacks from the co-op. Snacks? For me, I can't have snacks if I'm really hungover. I need, like, a hot lump of grease to put like like a, f- a f- full english or actually best of all dim sum dim sum is the best hangover food and no one knows it but me well this is the but the trouble is phil this guy he, well, he no well he's this guy this guy's under 18 you know he's still at school he's still got that bounce back right i think he right, could do it with snacks um you just do it with a, a bag of watsits yeah yes Thus I resolved, uh, I managed to sneak out of the school grounds without incident or discovery, following a route which enabled constant hedgerow access in case of involuntary leakage. I arrived at my destination and scudded inside, uh, assuming that I would soon feel cured. To this day, I have no idea why, in the place of water and other sensible items of food, I opted for, one, a litre of chocolate milk. You make such weird decisions when you're hungover. I've every time I've ever seen chocolate milk and gone, God, I could really drink some chocolate milk. Within a sip at home, I've gone, Ugh. <laughs> this is gloopy. It's so nineties, isn't it? Syrupy. Milk. I remember. Huh? I remember as a kid thinking, it's so nineties chocolate milk. I remember as a yeah. kid thinking, Oh, the perfect drink has been invented, and is this. Yeah, I think once you're an adult, or especially if you... Anytime you're in the mood for chocolate milk, you're actually in the mood for something else. It's like when you're pregnant, people crave charcoal or whatever. It's actually, your body wants something else. Right. Don't be, don't fall for it. Yeah. So, um, one, a liter of chocolate milk. Two, a packet of cocktail sausages. That makes more sense. Yes, yes, yes. That I can get on board with for sure. That's quite clever, actually. Yeah. Although the, cold, the coldness wouldn't satisfy me. Look, whatever. This is Pete's story. Let him tell us truth. Well, he also he can microwave those. Whereas a boarding house, he's not going to be there like in the boarding house, <laughs> cooking a big meal. Ah, yes, yes, yes. I was thinking of like a uni student situation. You're no, right, no, right, right. no. This is a school boarding house. He a microwave is conceivable, but nothing more. Mm-hmm. Um, three, soft mints times one. <laughs> that is mad. Soft mints. Soft mints, as in one word, you know, like Trevor soft mints, uh, chewy instead of powdery oh okay okay that is crazy that is really nuts i guess maybe for your breath if you think you stink of vodka and and cigarettes yeah Mm. i collapsed onto a bench outside the fateful co-op and began to inhale my chosen snacks (laughs) very quickly i realized that this combination of ingredients to what already lay within had the effect of casually popping a mento into the bottle into a bottle of coke (laughs) 
With far more disastrous consequences. Panic-stricken, I began trotting along the high street, hoping to get out of sight before disaster struck. I didn't make it far, however, and just about managed to get my hand to my face as I explosively explosively vomited a chocolate milk-dominated liquid. Yeah, uh, yeah. So he just made made a colander with his fingers. It's just like, yeah. Because like, what is what, when you do that instinctively, you cover your mouth when you vomit. What is the logic there that you're just going to that you you're just going to vomit a sort of palmful and you'll catch it in your hand and put it in the bin? Yeah, or like you'll you'll vomit like through your hand like a little flute. <laughs> you'll pipe it away somehow. I guess you have to appear as if you're making some effort to to save everyone. Yeah. The only people I've ever seen not put a hand anywhere near their face when they vomit are the very drunk or the extraordinarily homeless. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Where they just go, I've 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 my life is is at the point now where I just this just needs to happen and I don't care anymore. Um yeah. I think. So yeah, you're right. I think most people's hand goes near the face at least. Um, or on the stomach, as if to indicate, an, oh no! I when I'm about to vomit, I put my palm to my forehead as to make a sort of oh boy gesture <laughs> as I vomit, <laughs> <laughs> as if you're watching yourself vomit. Well, look at that <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to 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 semi to semi use one of Glenn Moore's amazing jokes. It would be very funny to vomit with your hands on your hips. Um, arms crossed (laughs) yeah like a Russian like a Russian dancing guy like a Cossack Um, so he puts his hand in front of his explosive chocolate milk vomit the deluge hit my hand at such an impact at such a uh, with such force that it rebounded in all directions covering me from face and hair to my now ruined Mm. shoes oh boy on Remembrance it, Day as well. In perfect synchronization, my bowels gave way. God. Wow. Wow. Just, as you go, and as you think, oh no, it's in my hair, you just shit yourself. Well, this is this brings us back to the Chinese saying, Sang O Xia Tu. Sang O Xia Tu. Yeah. Sang O Xia Tu. You're vomiting and shitting at the same time. God damn. I don't Which know I how... think it happened, but huh? it, it does. I didn't think it actually happened in the real world. I thought it was an old Chinese legend, a myth. (laughs) You thought it was something that um, one of the original emperors claimed he could do. (laughs) Well, you know the story, uh, the the way that he discovered tea and brought it to the the kingdom of heaven, the heavenly kingdom, and of course he could vomit and shit at the same time. Um, He says, I don't know how long I stood in this very public space, Processing my situation and planning my next move. I also don't know how I didn't hear the uh, their approach. Raising my gaze, I beheld a drum-beating column of patriotic remembrance barreling past me. <laughs> and the shocked look of its participants as they passed. Naturally, I ran without looking back, spewing as I went. Koji, Pete. Oh, Very man. Good. Lest we forget, Pete. Lest we forget that time you exploded. Yeah. From the top and bottom. I mean, as as people say in response to, to some of the poppy shaming, I mean, they, they, they fought for your freedom to do that to yourself, Pete, so... You know. Yeah, that's true. 
And I've got I've I've got friends who are uh, in the military or were in the military, and I think that I can confidently say that almost every one of them at some point will have been tremendously hungover for an important parade. For sure, probably for an important battle. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're, you're marching through France, all that lovely wine. And I wonder how many. God, that's a thought. I wonder how many soldiers in the Second World War fought hungover. Um, like really hungover. Must have been. It must have been quite a regular thing to happen. I don't know. I mean, they didn't get. The, only the navy got issued with booze. They got their their rum. But and if you're marching through France, port. Yeah, but they were wine they, hang, hanging around. Yeah, but it was like Belgian border. You know, it's quite far north. Okay. You could be given it, I suppose, by but like they can't be they can't be dishing you out bottles all the time. It's all war effort stuff, isn't it? They're probably all rationing shit. I don't know. But yeah, maybe. Yeah, I wouldn't want to be. I wouldn't want to be hungover at the Somme. My great grandfather was at the Somme, Phil. Oh wow! Yeah. What did he think? What did he think of the place? Um, he. Okay, last time. Yeah, he was a sergeant uh, and in the Second South African Infantry, and I, uh, apparently he would always talk about he captured some German trenches. Um, mm. On two or three occasions, and he said every time they captured a German trench, it was kind of great because the German trenches had like concrete flooring, yeah. and often had electricity and amazing. stuff, were just amazing, yeah. like way better. Yeah, God, yeah. sweet. Um, That's why I say if I visit a friend's new place and it's really nice and tidy and well designed, I'm like, wow, it's like a German trench in here. Yeah. <laughs> um. Let's see. This is. Let's see. Aha. Uh-huh, okay. Oh, my triceps really going now. Is it? It's shaking about. Yeah. Um, pump some more. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. We got an email go. from Haley. Haley. Um. Hmm. The, uh, uh, mm, Emails Haley, daily. Email. I was going to say daily. The Haley Daily would be a um, <laughs> good newspaper. It actually reminded me of. Uh, I was walking through Chinatown with our friend uh, George from Daphne, and there's a sign. The sign that's actually on the in the windows of a lot of uh, Chinese <laughs> restaurants, and that says Dim Sum Daily. Because <laughs> yeah. they serve Dim Sum every day, and George said that sounded like a Chinese newspaper. <laughs> the dim sum daily <laughs> or like uh, if the diver Tom Daly got really into Chinese food <laughs> old dim sum daily over there or like oh no that's what you call someone who um, loves dim sum so much that they just dive into it and eat like a pig <laughs> alright dim sum daily <laughs> that's me on a hangover <laughs> um, yeah, you're a dim sum daily. Went on a hangover. So, Haley says, uh, "Dear Philly the Pooh and Pierre shit." What are these plays on Philly the Pooh? Winnie, Winnie the Pooh. Oh, Winnie the Pooh. Yeah, okay. And Pierre shit. Piglet. Right. Yes. 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 Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we'll have to assume that's it. Yeah. Yeah, that's that was a t- <laughs> that was a tough one to translate. Um, 
I regret to say I'm a Pistorian. <laughs> <laughs> no one has been candid enough to regret it yet, but uh, thank yeah. you for your honesty, Haley. Don't get me wrong, I'm glad to have stumbled upon BudPod, which has provided much joy, despite the occasional sense of repulsion. Um, <laughs> the issue here is that I started listening from episode 1 on the same day that your 100th episode was released, and by 105, I was fully caught up. Wow. Wow. A grueling march. Gosh. Talk about the psalm. That's an aural psalm. Yeah. For sure. I was fully caught up. Take from that what you will. But personally, I worry what the sheer amount of poo stories does to the human psyche in such a short time. Um, I was hooked by the Gina Martin episode, episode two. Ah, yes. I think. Yes, we, yeah, yeah, we're, yeah. We thought that it could be like a sort of magazine interview show. We're yeah. still figuring it out. Uh, at which point the pod was shaping up to be informative yet entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's still that. Well, eventually um, we evolve the show to finally become neither. Yeah. Oh, here we three, two, one. Oh. My, can you hear that? Oh yeah. The thing, the thing plays a little, a little fun tune to say that I'm, I'm, I'm finished with my electrocution. I'm done electrocuting you, boom, bing, bong. Yeah, but they also play this tune at the end of executions in Texas, funnily enough. Okay, here we go. <laughs> okay, um, it's off. So it's says, alive. I was hooked by the Gina Martin episode, at which point the pod was shaping up to be informative yet entertaining. Instead, I have just relived the chaos of the last two years, essentially from the perspective of someone who's constantly shitting their shorts. I can't say I'm disappointed, just slightly perturbed. Um, anyway, happy to say I'm three weeks post my first COVID vaccine, which happened to be the Oxford vaccine. This is an old email, by the way. Ah, yeah, uh, yeah, sounds like it. Presumably meaning I'm riddled with blood clots. However, I also happen to know that taking the birth control pill... <laughs> Brings with it an increased risk of blood clots with a rate of roughly 6 in 10,000 people. In, uh, yeah. Significantly more than the supposed rate for the Oxford vaccine. This begs the question, does the EU not know anything about medicine? Or is it just because now people with a uterus, without a uterus, might be affected? Good. Slam. And even more yes. satisfying yes. to read, Haley, knowing that they've had to do a big humiliating U-turn. The EU, yes, yes, yes. Uh, the yeah. whole Astra AstraZeneca thing, that was the most pathetic Almost made me a Brexiteer, the whole AstraZeneca thing. I did, a, I did a joke tweet where I said uh, it was like two pictures. And the first picture was like a picture of that crazy EU guy, who's uh, pro-EU guy who still camps outside Parliament shouting, stop Brexit. Yeah. Right, so it was a picture of him. And I was like, caption that one, me 99% of the time. And then the yeah. second picture <laughs> was Nigel Farage pulling a face. And then it was me when the EU... Um, Un unjustly criticizes the vaccine or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Right, just a joke. But um, two, two fairly prominent, um, uh, quite tedious comedians unfollowed me over there. Wow. Yeah. When I say fairly really? prominent, I'm talking like Radio 4 prominent, not like national legends. Right. Uh, they've unfollowed you over that joke. And, and are these prominent comedians, you call them on like pro-EU, I guess? Um, I mean, they're definitely pro-EU, but I would say they're the kind of people who, like, 99% of their tweets are just, like, quote-tweeting stuff saying this, or going, God, it's a disgrace. Like, they're not, you know... Oh, Jesus. They're not fun people. Oh, boy. Um, but yeah, I thought that was very, this, uh, big overreaction. This. Very silly. 
Very silly. Even yeah, even to pretend to be Nigel Farage, even as a joke, was too much, Phil. <laughs> These people couldn't cope Apparently, with that level of assault anymore. Taking a flight was a greater caused a greater risk of blood clots than the AstraZeneca vaccine, I think. Mad, yeah, mad. Um, so, uh, Haley says, I feel obliged to end with most uncool, cool thing, inside jokes. Yes, that's, that's a good. good one. That's a really good one. That's inside good. jokes, if, if you're inside them, so much fun. If you're outside them, the most obnoxious, lame thing in the fucking world. Incomprehensible think- and unbearable. Unbearable. <laughs> Unbe- I think it's fundamentally, it's unbearable to watch other people enjoy themselves when you aren't maybe this is just specific to me I <laughs> but when it's, it's <laughs> that might be quite specific to you it's not only you but that's a very you thing to say <laughs> but yeah an inside joke is sort of the ultimate form of that i remember a really specific detail that always pops into my head regarding inside jokes or like movie references uh, from an episode of Recess. Oh, I remember Recess. Holy shit. That was yeah. a good cartoon, Recess. So TJ. That, well, that's the main guy, right? TJ. Yeah. TJ. Um, Gre- Gretel? Gretchen. Gretchen. Gretchen, yeah. Spinelli. Spinelli. I don't know what those kids are doing now. Ah, they're all dead. Um... <laughs> the um, to the big recess in the sky. Yeah, that's a permanent recess for them. Um, <laughs> the, <laughs> um, there's an episode where one of the characters, like there's there's like a movie, a big movie, silly comedy movie comes out, and it's essentially like Anchorman, right? Uh huh. And everyone watches it and loves it. And this one kid, one of the main characters, I can't remember which one, either isn't allowed to go see it or like misses out on seeing it. Um, and they're just like it's unbearable torture because all day people are like saying quotes from it and everyone's laughing and they're just like I don't understand and it just I remember <laughs> at one point they're just um, standing around doing something and one of them says no more gravy well pardon my ladle and everyone laughs and they just clutch <laughs> their head and scream and run out that's a good show a good and in my time. head now that's every in joke is no more gravy well pardon my ladle what scene was that in the film? It's such a good line. <laughs> well, pardon my ladle. Well, pardon my ladle. And Phil, with what we know now about who ends up writing all the best kids' TV and stuff, we know that that person was probably uh, a stand-up comedian or in a punk band or God knows. Yeah, they've been writing it from a very sort of adult, highly experienced place. Mm. So no and- wonder it was a good line. So if 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 anyone knows who wrote that line... Then uh, let us know. I mean, that's a, it's a stretch, Pierre. It's a stretch. <laughs> it's a reach. <laughs> it's a reach. But if anyone knows who wrote one specific line in the cartoon show I'd forgotten about until Pierre mentioned it just then, do yeah. write in. Do write in. We will really appreciate that. The or worst I'll just part Google of it. the worst part of when you're sort of on the perimeter of an inside joke, and yeah. people are laughing their heads off, and you 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 do that pathetic. And then we mentioned this before. What's this? What's this? <laughs> um, sorry, what, what's this? What's this? And someone just takes a break from their laughing to go, oh, this uh, is nothing. <laughs> that bit makes me want to kill everyone in the room. <laughs> With a I, uh, 
there's nothing worse. I don't think we covered this on, on the What's This episode, but I was going to say there's nothing worse than where it's like, normally the person saying What's This is is inherently feels a bit lower status, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's also agonizing when you and the, the friend who's done an in-joke and you laugh, the person saying What's This is like already higher than you, like is like someone you're trying to impress or someone you admire. That's much worse. Mm, interesting, because then you try your absolute best to get them in on the joke. Yeah, and you go, no, it's really funny. So there was this guy, um, and, he, and he used to. So, so when we lived, um, we so we lived near this Turkish restaurant, and and, and you can just see them, their eyes glazing over. <laughs> you can see. Yeah, but they've they've also made this decision that well, I've got myself into this. I have to at least hear this out. Yeah, and then if they're kind, if they're a kind person, they'll go, oh, ha 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 ha, like a kind of like nominal like. Mm-hmm. A peppercorn rent of a laugh, and then uh, a peppercorn rent. Yeah, so a peppercorn rent is when you charge someone rent for something, but it's like one peppercorn a year. That's what it's called. A peppercorn. I'm. You've I've never, never heard heard this. this phrase. A peppercorn rent. So it's a phrase where, no, like, um, you've dreamt this. No, 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 no. Um, if, if like land is held in trust and it's like uh, the queen will let the people have this library but for one p a year like that's referred to mm-hmm. as a peppercorn rent because there has to legally be a rent charged because it means that you're not giving up your rights as the person who owns the property but you're not enforcing a rent on anyone either it's just nominal like you know Why how sometimes um, it's like the rent equivalent of when sometimes a CEO takes like a one dollar a year salary yeah, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, and and it used to be like nice. an example of that would be a single peppercorn a year, or a month. Nice, because people could pay for stuff in peppercorns because pepper was rad, delicious. I can now never use that phrase "peppercorn rent" on like TV or something because when I do, any pod buds who see it will go, "I know the episode of Phil learnt that phrase," <laughs> so I now can never use it. Why can't you use it? <laughs> Because it'd be too embarrassing. Because I will say it <laughs> on a TV show <laughs> as if I've always known the phrase. And any pod buzz watching will go, not fucking idiot. I, I can pinpoint the episode where he so, learned that phrase. <laughs> so you think, you think in your head, you'll be on TV and you'll say it. And then distantly, as if from the car park, you hear someone going, you're a fraud. <laughs> yes. You're a fraud. That's how my mind works. Doesn't yours work that way? No. I can... <laughs> <laughs> like I wasn't born knowing the phrase, you know. Right. You got to learn it. People should not. You got to learn it somewhere. Pinpoint the moment you learn something. <laughs> <laughs> Only you would want people to know that you'd never learned anything, or that you'd learn stuff in private, like like wanking or shitting. I learned everything in the womb, Pierre. Okay, <laughs> on my own. <laughs> You never knew that phrase before you learned it. Oh fuck, they're on to me. <laughs> oh, shit. It would just it would just be embarrassing. I'm just picturing it now. So if you if you uh, if, <laughs> I'm on roast battle and I've somehow you I've somehow worked the phrase peppercorn rent into my roast. <laughs> into my roast of I don't know. Um Jeff Goldblum. Well, you say you say. Let, let's just say that I live in Jeff Goldblum's head, not rent-free, but at a peppercorn <laughs> rent. I pay a peppercorn rent in Jeff Goldblum's head. Yeah, and he'll get a huge laugh in the room, obviously. But obviously, then, 
<laughs> but then there'll be Podbuzz watching at home going, Pierre taught him that in episode <laughs> 137. No, um, Jeff Goldblum will turn to look at you and his eyes will glint menacingly. <gasps> and, and, he'll then, say, and in that moment I'll go, <gasps> Jeff's a Podbud. Oh no. That's, I thought oh, no. I heard him say Koji when we shook hands, but I wasn't sure and I couldn't check. I thought he was just making a wacky Jeff Goldblum noise, but he was saying Koji. <laughs> oh, shit. And his eyes flash, and he turns to you and says, Oh, where, where, where'd you, where'd you, where'd you, where'd you, where, where'd you learn that? <laughs> and the whole audience goes quiet, because <gasps> they all know as well. <laughs> this is exactly why I can never use Peppercorn Rent. <laughs> I, I, I feel like I've made my point now. Look, you've made a compelling case for the risks involved. <laughs> um, so, so Haley was saying regarding inside jokes. I can't help but uh, I couldn't help but think. Oh no, sorry. Okay, most uncool, cool thing: inside jokes. Um, after listening to over one hundred hours of Bud Pod in a matter of weeks, I can't help but think I had no choice but to start from the beginning, lest I miss the conception of a critical inside joke. Fair enough, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. And that's the reason I would also feel compelled to start at this beginning. Yeah. Sure, we feel cool having a secret collection of words and phrases that relate to a funny moment, although no one can remember how it started. But we will always sound crazy to some degree in the presence of people not in on it. Not only that, but how annoying when you're in a group of people who almost talk exclusively in inside jokes that you don't understand. Yeah, that's 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 dreadful, and those people are, are bad people. I think... Yeah, I think Podbud, like, actually, for a podcast, ours is relatively inside joke free. I feel like you could more or less jump in at any point and you won't be excluded from too much. I think ours, is, ours has got references, but, like, I think, like, if, if, if in an episode we go, oh, like the Joker, or we always say everything's like the Joker, then immediately you already, you can go, you can laugh at that because it's already explained by virtue of mentioning it, right? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of fine. There are some other inside joke references, but we don't lean on them. We're not reliant. Yeah. Um, or like even before, like when you when you brought up what's this as a concept, you you sort of said oh like the other episode, but then you just said what it was. So yeah, yeah, it's all good. Sense, yeah. I'd say. Uh, coolest uncool thing she says: the Earth. Oh, very clever. Yeah, she's got you. Very clever, and on, yeah. at, at COP26 as well, very perfectly timed. Mm-hmm. Uh, she says, think global warming leading to global cooling. See also Texas. Koji, Haley. Very nice. Also, we, we failed to mention the the, um, the serendipity of reading Pete's Remembrance Day story earlier. Remembrance yeah. Day is, the, the, is, well, tomorrow. When this uh, comes out. Remembrance Day is on the the actual eleventh. It would be tomorrow when this comes out. Yes, and then the the oh, Remembrance the Sunday, Sunday is is, on is obviously on day. Sunday. Hence the name. Hence the um, name Remembrance, the old Latin word for Sunday. That's right. Well, I um I was always I was always doing stuff on that because of course throughout school because I was very cool and popular. I was in the army cadet thing, the the CCF. So we were always doing stuff. Right, doing stuff. Well, like a parade, like doing marching yeah. and saluting, and you name it. Well, because I was in, I was part of the music people, and I had a trumpet. I was playing. I played the last post at one at our Remembrance Day service. Did you? Yeah, and I, I played it quite badly because I wasn't very good. It's a lot at, of pressure. 
the trumpet. Yeah, and a lot of, you know, a lot of people to offend the memory of with bad playing. Yeah. And I, f- I, I started off okay. Because that's easy. That's just CG, I, th- I think. Ba, ba. Ba, 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 ba. Fine. But the thing about the trumpet is the higher the note, the harder it is to do. Yeah. And at that point, I started. And I was like, I can't. I can't besmirch the memory of dead heroes. With them. During during my A levels. And I just began miming on the trumpet. Just. Just swinging it about my face. <laughs> what do you mean miming? Like just holding the trumpet, pretending like I was playing, but I wasn't. Letting I wasn't me alone playing. Oh, I was gonna playing. say you're not so gonna get away with hide. that, Phil. <laughs> oh yeah, that that would have been bold if it was just me doing the last pose as a solo. <laughs> and <laughs> I miss a couple of notes and just continue with <laughs> just quietly. <laughs> I start doing a different theme tunes. Just any World War Two, World War One stuff. Okay, so you were doing it as part of a whole big band. I see. Yeah, there may be five of us. It wasn't loads. Yeah, yeah. Like I'll never siege, forget the. Know. I'll never forget the multiple times I watched as. Uh, this is on the Isle of Man. Remember, in the freezing. Wind and rain, a quivering 14-year-old brass instrument player tried to pop out the last post Mm. as we (laughs) stood in front of the school cenotaph. Icy icy wind. Um, It's um, it's a high-pressure gig, for sure. Yeah, God, I I never envied it. And I I was happy to march people through a small village. That was was fine with me. I would rather do that than try and pop that out. Huh? You led the march. Did you lead the march of the cadets? Yeah, I, dir- I, I directed it. Whoa! Wow, you were into cadets. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. I did it for like uh, five years or however long. Wow. Me and Private Novelli. Me and the pins, Ben Ashenden. Are, are different schools. Yes. Wow, I didn't know. That. I didn't know Ben was in the cadets. I remember him telling me once at uni, and it was when, when I was like, I must have been a fresher, and he was a second year or something like that, and it was a minor bonding moment of going, ah, you too were uh, um, odd enough to do that. <laughs> ah, stomping around in my big boots, Phil. Clomp, clomp. That's right. Clomp, clomp indeed. And clomp, clomp to all of you listening at home. <laughs> <laughs> um. Have uh, I would say that's 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 our time. Have a good week, yes, uh, um, listeners. Yep, yeah. uh, can't wait for you to listen again. To listen mm-hmm. again to us next week. Tell Have your friends. Week. Have a good uh, remembrance. Uh, what else? I guess that's it. Yes. Um, if you're interested in, in learning more about the Second World War, I recommend any of the books by James Holland, who's very good. Who oh. uh, He does a podcast with Al Murray. Oh, yeah. Um, on uh, Second World War, which is very good. Uh, Al Murray's put out, put out a good a little history, very readable history book about yes. the last hundred years. Yes, yeah. called The Last Hundred Years, Give or Take, and all that. And it came out over lockdown. 
It's good. Really good. Good yeah. overview of stuff. Yeah. So give that a look. And otherwise, we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.